Hello everybody and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we are talking about Kena, Bridge of Spirits. And with me to bop tree creatures on the head are my good friends Luke. Hello. And Craig. Chen Chen. <laughs> well. Not heard that in ages. Chen Chen. So cheers. You know, like, I, I just took a sip of my tea. So, Chen Chen, chen it's what you say when you're like, you know, like, cheers or slantia or something. Yeah, Chen Chen, chin, chin, oh. chin is the, it's the noise of two glasses going together. Chen Chen. Chin. Oh, okay. I would have called it a clink, but okay, yeah, that's fine. Right. I mean, it doesn't have the same clink, clink. <laughs> clink, clink. <laughs> Glasses sound different depending on what continent you're on. Okay, uh, boy, that was the quickest rabbit trail I think we've ever gone down. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so since this was my pick, I'm going to very quickly read off the stats, and then we can start talking about this interesting, interesting game. So, Kena Bridge of Spirits was developed and published by Ember Lab, and it was released on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5 on September 21st, 2021. First off, gentlemen, what did you play it on? PlayStation 5 for me. Yeah, PS5. It seemed like the kind of right thing to do. I always hope that when there's a PS5 game and it has a bow and arrow, that the trigger is going to do that clicky thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So it has to be the PS5. I, I did as well. Uh, mine was PS5. So I'm curious what the PS4 version looks like. Less, less, less. What's you know you get fidelity as a word. Less visually fi- fidel. <laughs> <laughs> All it has is a beard and a green hat with a red star on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. This is an interesting one because I had both of you guys watch the short films that Ember Labs is famous for. Famous being kind of term. Um, going into this, were you guys aware of what Ember Labs was at all? Because I only know them from that one thing they did. Um, like not not aware at all. Uh, Kenna was the first thing, and then the videos that or the the two films the short and then the short film that you shared no idea and the only thing this is already jumping into final thoughts as well but the only thing i can think is why why aren't they producing more why aren't they contracted in to do more because the the style of animation that they've got and the fidelity of that animation and also the directional capability of that short film and the way it looks it looks like a high production value netflix thing uh, and oh, well, hold on, save put, it, save it, save it, save it. Sorry, but basically putting everything together, it's just like, holy crap! Why, why, why hadn't I heard of these people? I imagine at all? because it was like a five-person studio that ballooned up to the giant size of fifteen people to work on this game, and that is bonkers to me. That, that only crazy. fifteen people made this. But uh, Luke, were you aware of their work? I. Before? I missed those messages, David. No, you said I'm sorry. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I um, so I was playing the game today, and I'm like, 
I wonder what else these guys have worked on. And then I find the Majora's Mask video, uh, which I saw years ago, and I was like, whoa, Nintendo need to do this. This is amazing. So I, I'm amazed that a little animation studio, which I imagine they were doing during university, because I don't think the guys are that much older than us. If, if at all, maybe they're Putting younger. us to shame. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, putting put news to shame. <laughs> wow. Um, well, well uh, Luke, while you're talking about it, why don't you explain briefly the Majora's Mask uh, short film, and then Craig, since you're the sci-fi boy, you can do Dust. Yeah, so the Majora's Mask is like a... It's almost like a, a CGI, I would pay on par with Pixar quality animation, where um, you see basically how i haven't played majora's mask in so long skull I can't kid. Remember it. yeah how skull kid gets the mask and it adds quite an evil twist to it um it's just cracking it's it's like one of the disney pixar shorts um you should really go watch it just look for majora's mask uh short or fan trailer i think um on yeah YouTube i think it's just a little fan film yeah and and yeah. like being six minutes, man. If anybody dropped that as a trailer, I would be pre-ordering that game super fast. Mm. Mm. It, it, it it like every time I watched it, it made me go, you know, maybe I should play Majora's Mask again. It, it is really well done. Mm-hmm. Ah, Craig. All right, book report on yeah. Dust. Ah, uh, not so much a book report, just a general kind of mini synopsis but basically it's your typical kind of sci-fi fantasy out in um wherever they are i actually don't even know where it's set somewhere in minnesota the philip is it minnesota no it's san francisco idiot anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's kind of like it's societally it's a short take on um change and battling change so that like society is broken down people live behind big walled cities there are these people called trackers who do things and there's this organism called a octopod i can't actually remember the name of it but basically uh, they discover a thing that can adapt to any scenario so an, an organism that lives in a body of water that can adapt to the world changing temperature to something else but it can also adapt to living inside like i love i love this shit so it can adapt to living inside another human that's got healing purposes get everything and it's kind of like a it's 24 minutes ish long maybe slightly longer yeah it's like 24 to 32 somewhere in there yeah and it is just a gorgeous storytelling of this basic theory and it as I said in the intro and slightly spoiled, it's shot in a very cinematic, could be, you know, like, like it. it's hard to explain without just saying it's better than quite a lot of what you see on Netflix. It could have been an episode of Black Mirror to me. Oh, yeah, it's it's really, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, my biggest, not mistake... It does have CGI elements, but it's a live-action show, I should say. Um, there are CGI creatures and things Those creatures in it. are beautiful, man. Oh, they really are. But I actually spent the first three minutes of it trying to figure out if it was CGI or live-action, <laughs> because wow. it's, it's a lot of facial close-ups and things like that, and it looks it looks so good. But knowing the trail of... I did Kenna, then the Majora's Mask, and then this, and I was looking at it going... It's an animation studio, but it's not, they've got so much potential there to do something amazing. I like you say Majora's Mask five minutes and you'd buy a game. I would, 
I would subscribe to Netflix to watch the series or whatever. It's it's that level of brilliance. And um, as a, as a side note, and one of the reasons why I asked you to watch it was uh, the main character in Dust is the voice of Taro in this. Thought it was a nice little link. I'm like, oh hey, they enjoy okay. working with this this guy. Um, other than that, from what I can see, uh, and we don't we don't go this in depth on a developer, but these guys are kind of new. Uh, they've just done a lot of commercial work, like literally for commercials yeah. and stuff. Not much I, else. I noticed that like LG's 2020 OLED lineup <laughs> commercial and stuff like that. Like, wow, they must be, are they from Singapore or Thailand or something? They must be somewhere out there. I, um, I'm not sure. But, I, I know right. the game we're going to talk about draws a lot of reference from Bali. So I don't know if they're mm-hmm. Balinese or not, but they seem to have a very okay. strong connection to that area of the world. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, and I did look through their YouTube uploads and it was Kenna stuff, then it was Majora's Mast and Dust, and the making of both of those, and then it was LG's concept advert and this, that, and the other, and it did, you're right, it felt like their YouTube channel started as a university project, we've got a fourth year group work to render something out, and then it just exploded from there. So... oh. And so, lastly, I think it's an absolute disaster. No, not a disaster. It's a disservice to that dust video that it's only got something like 120,000 views. Yeah, it's like, not it's, huge. It's, it, it is mind-boggling how it's not gained more traction. Yeah, um, uh, when, um, I, when I clicked it, I was like, is this a second upload or, or what? Like, it feels <laughs> like you stumbled across something small and unique. And I, I hope more people watch it due to this game because, like, give these guys money. Give them IPs. Uh-huh. Give them something. Go. Um, I, I would argue I think Nintendo really needs to take a look at these guys um, because let's talk about Kena. Um, so, in case you haven't played it yet, or, you know, you're just curious about it, uh, Kena is arguably Legend of Zelda if it was still in its PS2 days. Like, well, Zelda was never PS2. N64 <laughs> days, right? Uh-huh. Like, it feel or Star Fox Adventures, it feels... Like, did you guys get that vibe at all? It feels like an old game to me. It feels like Maximo. Mm-hmm. It feels like... Jack and Daxter. Older. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jack and Daxter's great, great pull. Yeah. And I can't point to something design-wise to say, oh, that's an old idea that hasn't progressed any. It's just the way mm. it feels, the way it's built. Anyway, so think of a... It's, oh, God. It's, it, I was just going to say, it's, it's simplicity, I think, more than anything. I think it so, feels yeah. really streamlined and simple and it's not, walls, not simple like, in a bad yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it I, just... I don't like the word elegant, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. With with um, I all of us before we were recording, we're kind. Of, I was kind of feeling everybody out. We're all kind of like poking, like, "What did you think? What did you think?" Um, I'm very curious to see what your guys' my, uh, quibbles were because I have a few that you know, the slight quibbles, but nothing terrible. Um. Uh, which one of you guys wants to explain how combat works? Because I've been talking a lot. I think it's basically just Zelda. Like, it is Breath of the Wild's combat, virtually. Um, but I personally think it does it a little bit better. Um, 
So for anyone that isn't aware, it's got your typical, you could even say Dark Souls, you've got a parry, you've got a dodge, you've got a bow, if you jump and shoot your bow you'll slow down, you've got a light and a heavy attack, you've got a shield. Um, you've got your bomb. Exactly, <laughs> you've got your bomb. Um, and then you also have uh, little, I guess, minions you'd call them, that are called rot that you collect and as you collect more of them you can they can assist you with combat with different uh, moves and maneuvers so you, eventually you can you can tangle up an opponent and once you've done so much damage to them or depending on what the opponent is you can dash through them and do a dash attack and you can use them to charge up your heavy attack and you can use them to use a, a heavy bow shot uh, which also slows down time now out of curiosity because combat mechanics i think this is a really cool idea combat mechanics change depending on what difficulty level you're playing on uh what did you guys play on and just not the whatever the middle one was there was normal. there's full difficulty yeah just normal normal i went from spirit, normal spirit to easy healer. um about halfway through but just because i wanted to get through the game a bit quicker to get in time for the podcast now i on the other hand went from the hardest because <laughs> i've beaten bloodborne i got uh <laughs> this game is really hard sometimes mm. like <laughs> super hard uh i ended up dropping it down to normal <laughs> And what that changes in terms of combat, other than the usual enemies have more health and more aggressive, is the way the rot mechanic works. On the easiest setting, you passively build up that meter. And what that meter is, is is like you fighting is encouraging these little rot creatures to jump in and help. And you have one, you have specific actions you can take with each blip of the rot meter. Uh, normal, it's very much uh, when you do damage and when you receive damage, and then hard is only when you do damage. Do you? Uh, which which was rough on some of those fights. Mm. It is very much, and it. I think it plays into the feeling of the rot thing, where if you're taking damage, they kind of want to come in and jump in and help. But if you're uneasy, they're always on hand to help. It, it kind of feels cute in a way. Like I don't. <laughs> Uh, it, nice. it plays into the mechanics of it very nicely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk yeah. about the rot, right? Because I'm a giant kid, and the moment mm-hmm. I saw you want a plushie, the, you want a plushie. I really do. The moment <laughs> I saw those guys in a trailer, I was like, I don't care what this game is, I'm gonna play it because those guys are adorable. Um, thankfully, it was a pretty good game, but they give off a very Studio Ghibli vibe to yeah, this game. They're they're almost cute, but they're a bit creepy at the same time. It's the teeth. <laughs> it does it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I insist on every single one of them wearing a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. So all of them had little cowboy hats on them. Uh, in, in terms of what you can do with them uh, outside of combat, it's pretty standard puzzle fare. They can pick up something and move it while you're standing on it. It makes you feel like a golden god. It's great. Um... They can just help, like, uh, you don't loot things. You go, hey, over there, and then they tip a pot over, you know, things like that. Um, did you guys, do you guys think they added anything to this in terms of mechanics? Um, yeah, like, the the biggest thing, and probably without spoiling any criticisms, the biggest thing I think they add is the, the kind of sluggy type mechanic. They can gel together via some mechanic to turn into a wormy oh, yeah, slug that's cool. to then yeah. attack enemies but also clear um 
let's call them spiky branches. So you can't clear spiky branches, but your rot as a wormy blob can clear spiky branches. And I think it it feels like they're an integral part of the game as opposed to a bolt-on or something that you kinda you don't need to worry about. You you need to worry about your rot. You need to be collecting them and giving them hats and making sure that you're you're using them when you need to. And yeah, I think it, it, it does play into it very nicely because you'll just be running along and then you'll see like this patch of brambles and you're like, well, there's got to be a place somewhere near here where I can take care of that. And that, I think, feeds into the exploration nature of this game fairly well. Like, um, one thing I noticed about the level designs particularly is there's multiple ways to get to almost everywhere. Like, like I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, there's a ledge there I can jump on, but I can also go around the side. Is there a reason for both? And the reason is just, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, that not in a bad way at all, but it plays very much into my. Oh, draw me nuts! And I'm not. Oh, draw me because I'm the kind of person that if I know that's the way to go, I'll go the other way, explore yeah. it, and then go back and go the right way. And having two paths means I was constantly yeah. running. You might miss a collectible. You might not see a view that you, they want you to see. Like, there's lots of reasons. Um, and, and, but overall, I, don't, I, I wouldn't knock it for it at all. Um, the rat also play a very small part, but if you're stuck, they tend to hang out. Like, the entire time you're playing, if you're running through, like, a village, you'll just see the rat popping up, sitting on pots and yep. sitting on roofs. But if you're stuck on a puzzle area, which I was once or twice in this... You, they'll like congregate where you have to go as almost a small signpost. I never that, even that was noticed. Brilliant. Yeah, that's like, really um, cool. Uh, for me, it was you know the hammer when you um, meet the hammer chick, and she's like, "Hey, you have to open this door," and you use the bomb for the first time. Uh huh. I was I didn't know. Okay, wait. Do I start left? Do I start right? And I just I... make progress either way. And they all started congregating to the left. Where you had to go, it's like, oh. oh, that's brilliant! That makes sense now, because there was one puzzle I got stuck at, just for a couple of minutes, but the one with the three pots of incense, where you had to put oh, them yeah. the right, with a mask on the front. I just didn't notice the mask, so I was being a right dipshit, but yeah, that makes sense, because they were here. hanging, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know if, wait, is it correct when I summon enemies, or incorrect when I summon <laughs> yeah. enemies? I don't yeah. know which. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a very cool mechanic that isn't as invasive as, say, the mask. Um, did anybody care to use the mask at all unless you absolutely had to? Because it stops everything just dead when you... Well, that that that's one of my biggest gripes is the game feels fast and fluid and you run and you never run out of energy and it's great. And then you have to pull out the mask and there's like five seconds worth of animation to get the mask on. And then five seconds worth of animation to get the mask off. I did not use that mask unless I absolutely oh, same had here. to. Yeah, me too. I, it's... I, made, I made it a point to use it a little bit, right? Uh, in between, okay, let's just random area. Let's use the mask. Let's see what it shows. Uh, it, it does make collectibles glow. So you can see them, but okay. if you're lost on where to go, it also shows little rock footprints on the path that you have yeah. to take. Which again, it, it, it's almost a game design like Insomniac, where they're like, "No, no, we want you. Come on, keep going, have fun, go." Yeah, uh, it, it seems very encouraging as game design. And that's the thing that stands out the most, I think, is like 
it's not just a pretty game, which is what they've kind of built their reputation on. It they've 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 nailed so much. You know that that they've was got, my biggest fear when chops. I came into it. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally. All right, well, uh, let's 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 rewind a little bit. And you mentioned the way it looks. Um, it's flimmed gorgeous, man. Oh yeah, absolutely uh, the, amazing. For yeah, it 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 is like playing a Pixar game. It really defies what I thought was an. Uh, this is a little bit of a controversial thing to say. This feels Nintendo as all hell. You know, this is like, maybe the first time that I've properly been like. So I've been switching between two TVs, um, and one's HDR and one's not. And there's one part of the game where you play in rain and lightning, and holy crap, the HDR! Oh, the forest! Like, wow, wow! Oh, it's, it's beautiful, right? Yeah, it just stood out so much. Yeah. It's like it, it got to the point where I was thinking about swapping the TVs about <laughs> rather than the console. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's it is, it's it's absolutely beautiful, and I I just the sound design, especially when it gets that rainy type thing as well. The whole experience is just absorbing, and and just it just drags you along. It, the you're right, they've got chops. Um, so let's talk about the game proper for a bit. Um, I guess now would be as good a time as any to talk about the small complaints we each have, because I think. I don't know whether to chalk it up to inexperience or to design choice. So hopefully we'll figure it out. Who wants to go first? Some small niggles. Um, I'll go first. Like my niggles are particularly small, and actually they lessened. I messaged you and said I've got some complaints, and I think a lot of it got smoothed over by the time I finished the game. But things like uh, pulling the mask out, taking a long time, opening the map taking a long time. It was wee things like that that just started building up, but the biggest one for me that annoyed me, and I know they couldn't do it any other way because of the way some of the game plays out, but the quick travel system is a touch inelegant, and that you need to be super close to a quick travel point to travel to another quick travel point, and it's something that I just see when you're somewhere and you need to get somewhere else and you have to run to a quick travel point to travel it sounds petty but it it winds me up a wee bit because quick travel should be i just want to be there i want to be there right now I, spider-man spoiled the hell out of all of us yeah in terms of yeah. quick travel uh but yeah i, I felt I that too so. yeah um so yeah it, it was it was things tiny tiny things like that that broke. I I played this in two sittings. I played the the first part of it um one evening, and then I played the rest of it and just and just ones I I mainlined it like nothing else. And when you play a game like that, you play an hour and you fight a boss and you do this that and that, and everything's so quick you forget anything. You're just connected with it, and then all of a sudden you're pulling out a mask and you're waiting seconds to do something and something anything that detracts from that i think popped out for me but other otherwise i don't have any major complaints i'm totally curious what your guys complaints are or well um, uh hold on a second craig um why now i'm curious why did you find yourself having to fast travel a whole lot i i am a i am a fast traveler (laughs) uh 
Fast and Furious. Uh, I, says I, so on his business uh, card. <laughs> I'm a fast traveler. It says so on my business card. Did you? I I fast traveled uh, an absolute heap. Like I like four times. Um, seriously? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't much at all. The only time oh. I did it was to get from one one area back to the village. It was the, the village. Other, yeah, the village. Yeah. So going from an area to a village, like. The game reason is sometimes it di- once you finish beat a boss, you have to take an alternate path back, which unlocks something else. Or does so. so you can't obviously fast travel from anywhere. But I would get to any point, figure out where I was supposed to be, and then fast travel to the closest fast travel point. I'm not one for you know. I'm not a Skyrim fast travels for pussies people. I'm I'm fast travel everywhere. Oh, and see, for me, I use that opportunity as, okay, so, like, I just unlocked the bomb. It'll probably be better if I walk my way there, because I'll find stuff that I couldn't yeah, interact with that's where I next time. Well. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just a style choice, but yeah. Like, for, yeah. And I didn't 100% this game. I, I, I thought about it, and I started buttoning up against the deadline. I'm like, oh, jeez, better finish this, because I took it super slow, which is unlike me. But I just, like... <laughs> Did you see those little guys? They're, yeah. they're adorable. <laughs> um, uh, my minor complaint. Or Luke, do you want to go? Sure. Uh, yeah, I think one of mine. You just touched on it. I think the trophy list is a, like it's so good until you get the second playthrough, which I think just kills it. Like I hate that second playthrough trophy to get. Oh, oh, oh. second playthrough trophies need to die along with multiplayer yeah. trophies. I, I yeah. got all the combat, all the difficult ones. Uh, bar the collectibles just because of time I can go back for those but having to go back again and play it through again like it's a good game but on the hardest difficulty no less which brings me to my next complaint I think the parry sucks like I don't think it works very well yeah same same complaint yeah which is why I turned the difficulty down like it just doesn't seem to have a long enough gap um but the rest oh, the oh, the parry timing window is infinitesimal yeah it is so small and and that it, it doesn't exactly tell you when either. It's like, wait, okay, so is the parry window open when I let the pulse out or when I engage the shield? Like, it doesn't really say, and it seems different depending it's on just like, if you're trying to... just before it sh- hits you. Just before it hits you. Because oh. there's a trophy to get to kill the witch, and basically you can play like table tennis with her. Um, she fires a projectile, and you can fire it back. Yeah. So I had the camera facing side on. And it's nothing to do with the shield. It's just before the, the impact of your body rather than the pulse that you send out, which was what confused me because I thought it was... Because when you do the, the just a, what the parry movement, it fires out like a circle around you. But that's... Yeah. That, yeah, it, it's nothing to do with that. It's, it's about your actual body being hit rather than that. I would argue then that, that they probably should have made the parry button different than the shield or pulse button. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I uh, the entire game I'm playing it, I thought it was to when that bubble fully closes on you. That's when your parry window I, is. I'm not going to lie. and It never even processed as a gripe or anything for me. I didn't parry the entire game because I was trying to parry. I was trying to parry on, like, bubble appearing. And after a few failed attempts, I just thought, I'll see what happens if I don't parry. And I, did, I, I didn't. On the hard oh, I did much better if I didn't try to parry. Yeah, you just get mulched if you try to, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and my, my but, final, um, final complaint was okay. the... Sorry, Dave, do you want to... No, no, I was, I was going to say, like, did that bother any of you guys? How just fragile you are. You take three hits, you're chunked. 
I think my only complaint with that is that you can't use the health things after an encounter. You can only use them during. Yeah, yeah I want. I want to. I want to talk about the health mechanics as its own separate entity. Okay. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead with your last complaint. So I feel like, and I only noticed this because there was one area I couldn't seem to jump from, like a broken bridge from one side to the other, even though you could. And I realized it's because when you actually watch the character animation, um, it doesn't feel like the character's moving with the world. It feels like they're running on top of it. Um, so I kept on missing this jump, and then it wasn't until I like I actually like closely looked at the minute detail of where I needed to jump. And probably this is just me, shit old eyesight, but um, I, I sometimes felt the jump mechanic didn't line up, or like the the hit box between falling and jumping was too low. Um, but it's a, a really small gripe because I never noticed it until that one bit where I felt... I, I didn't... Uh, well, did you have any trouble with platforming, Craig? I didn't have trouble platforming, but you've just reminded me of the my other gripe, which I completely forgot about until this very moment. And it's the... Um, when you lose momentum on your double jump. Oh, yeah. So when you jump, and then you double jump and lose all momentum, it just threw me off so much yeah that and was again, the end of it that got to me is it's just for height it's not for maintaining that yeah, arc it's absolutely a height thing and it it wound me up because so many times i would fall off a ledge jumping somewhere else because i would just tap tap to double jump and you can't you need to tactically double jump oh yeah there are many cana sized craters in the ground mm. from my playthrough um it, 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 um, I, I don't mind the fall damage too much, but I, there were times where it's like, ah, oh, you guys could have just did that thing where you know you fade out and then fade back to where the jump starts. That would have kept things flowing a little more. Because there were a few times where it's okay, I got to run around the bridge, jump up here, go over there. Uh, especially when it comes to the bomb stuff, the bomb stuff bothered me a lot. Okay, so small complaints I have. Uh, I, I, I got. Huh. Okay, so number one, for this type of game, uh, you compared it to Breath of the Wild. My brain immediately goes to Souls, right? Because that's it's just what it does. You don't have a large enough arsenal at first to make combat interesting, right? Like you, you just have Absolutely. your your heavy hit, your, your your light hit, and your shield, and that's it. Um, I I think it could have negated some of that by starting with the bow. Like Breath of the Wild does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I would say that was combat related was I did have a massive problem with with how much, not massive problem. Like it was one of my big sticking points was I got hit once. That was it, and half wow. my health bar is gone, which leads to no, not not like I got hit once the entire game. I got hit once every three seconds. Yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> but um. And then the way the health system works. So the health system works, uh, you do not have an active heal at all. Your heal is based on the landscape you're in. So if you're fighting a boss, there will be these two flowers off on the sides of the arena that if you have a rock point, you can use to heal. A little bit of a complaint that they weren't a full heal. Like if you're only limiting me to two, then why not make them full heals? Uh, that did you guys have any problems with the healing systems? Because it bothered me a little bit. I don't like no uneasy. <laughs> oh well, okay. Good point. Good point. Yeah, um, not not too much of it. I, I did have to use the heals, but not 
I've, and I was on normal. I wasn't on story mode. I think hard. It's what they <laughs> and I mean, like uh, maybe this comes down to play style. But if I go to a boss with, uh, like, say, a Dark Souls boss with five Estuses, I will go ham on the boss until I'm down to like two Estus. Like I'll just ignore damage until I'm down to two because okay, now I'll get strategic with when I want to heal. But that allows me to just oh, no. completely go at the boss. No. no. I from the start I need to be strategic and careful and okay well that that's, it might uh, maybe this just really did not gel with my style of tackling games like this so um, just to touch on this and maybe this is like <laughs> a bit shitty to say but you play a game like this and like instantly I thought oh I can play this with my son when he's like three or four <laughs> you you do the first encounter you're like. Nope. Like nope. No, yeah, no. difficulty and the looks do not line up. No. <laughs> I think that this, this is the thing that I messaged you, Dave. It was like this feels it feels like and it looks like a, a beautiful Nintendo game, but at the core of it, it feels like one of those serious Nintendo games that has all the charm and beauty and polish of a Nintendo game, but it's actually the later levels tricky. of a Mario game where it's just like, nah, fuck <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's where um, my um, Breath of the Wild comparison comes in because it's like, at Breath of the Wild combat for me was tricky, but it wasn't because the game's hard. It's just because the combat I didn't think was great. But I, anyway, I think this <laughs> game kind of has a problem where you you're juggling too much and not enough at the same time, um, because. With the way the rot mechanic works, you can't like okay, you can't like very quickly eye up a situation. And go okay, I'm gonna tangle up this guy. I'm gonna use that heal, and I'm gonna do this at the same time while fending off you know orbs from a witch or something. I it it's very one thing at a time. You tackle one enemy at a time if they're the medium size, right? Like you don't you don't tie one up while you attack another. Really, it's kind of just all right. Uh, order of operations. Take out the flying enemies and the small ones and the medium ones, um, or is that not how you guys went at it at all? That's not. No, I was. I was like as you described before. I was tie up that guy, shoot the flying guys, hit this big guy, and make sure I shoot his glowing back orb because we've got where we guys kind of distracting him. I was all over the shop to really? the point where, yeah, like I was completely and utterly like. Well, maybe I was playing war it wrong, of, Craig. War of attritioning them down. I, it's not. I don't. There's no wrong way to play any game. Yeah, there it's is. Just... <laughs> you can't play Mario well, by if... not jumping, Craig. That's because no, you can't play Streets of Rage by walking left. <laughs> yeah, that's a very. You can be the best at combat, but if you walk left, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I I personally was more about the bow. It was like as soon as I got the bow, it was shoot enemies until I run out of arrows, and then go in and. But the 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 charge shot which pierces enemies, you can take out two or three with a headshot with that. Uh, and it oh, would, the rot arrow, yeah, yeah, the thing is nice. Yeah, so it'd be like a case of focusing on the big one until I got uh, a rot arrow, and then take out a few of the little ones, and then focus on the big enemy again until it was dead, and then clear up the fodder. Did you guys find yourself using the rot-infused abilities much? Like, I was pretty much just the rot arrow. Every once in a while, like on a boss, I would use the rot hammer. But that was only um, on bosses, really. Yeah, I wasn't a rot arrow person. In fact, I forgot <laughs> that it was an ability because I think I mashed my way through the instructions. <laughs> um, but 
when the a slight aside, but the way the UI disappears when you don't need it and then comes back in. Oh when yeah, you and do a wide screen it, it on the screen. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, but when you're when when you're hitting and the wee bit comes up to say rot hammer, it came up a few times and I was like, what does that? even mean and then i pressed it i was like oh i'm using this (laughs) so i went i went for full rot and it's not like me um to go for the the physical combat i'm very bow and arrow i plowed everything all my upgrade points into being able to sprint and then attack or swipe or that it it feels ends up feeling very fluid and the rot hammer for a boss is a it's a boss oh it chunks them down right like it's it's pretty good um, you brought up something I want to talk about for a second. Is it just me or is this upgrade tree super boring? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there was not one skill that was, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to get that. It was just like, oh, well, okay, now I can shoot again, five arrows. Woo-hoo. This adds to the, like, this game is perfect for your child until you play the, <laughs> the difficulty. <laughs> I am, I did, yeah, although I've got to say the, the one tree but the one branch that is good is the the physical combat branch, the run into attack, or that kind of oh, thing. Oh, that breaks helps. bosses. The rut, the yeah. dash attack on the heavy. But the the bow and arrow garbage. Oh, the, the bombs the, the, really, the, really really good. And if you use the um, ability to tie an enemy up, you can then run around the back of them and hit all their weak points. Okay. Oh, there is. There's one of the upgrades is double damage if you shoot a bomb mm-hmm. with your arrow. Yes, yeah, you're right. That, that was that, yeah. If, if you hit it before it explodes naturally. Yeah, and the other, the other one is if you tie them up, it'll and then shoot them with the bow. It'll hit two enemies surrounding them as well, so you can do quite a bit of damage with that. Yeah, it like splinters off to do damage. I thought the 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 best one for me or the one that I felt most value in investing in was extra rot points. Having three rot points during a battle is like bliss compared to one. See, I I stupidly, well, I don't know if it's stupid. That was one of the last things I got was upgrade my rot points and I think I should have done that way quicker because yeah. once you do have that, you're right, the combat becomes, I'm going to do this, 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 this all at once. Uh-huh. Uh, or starting with a rot point or things like that. Um, the one that um, I think for me was most valuable was that if you time your heavy attacks right, it does massive amounts of damage. Oh yeah, the flash and it, the it flash. yeah it interrupts people like it staggers people if you time it just like um not to jump right to the end but like Taro that that encounter in the mountain, you can just pin him up against the wall doing that because it's just he's constantly trying to retreat and you just wail on him until he's dead. It was. Super useful. Wish I would have got that sooner too. Um, okay, so you've mentioned a couple times, Luke, uh, how the looks deceive about this game. I didn't expect the story to be that um, heavy. I thought considering there was what it looked like, a film associated with it about halfway through because I'm like, wow, there's a lot more to this than just the what the game. You know, like Ratchet had. Um, yeah. 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 I take it there isn't, but yeah. No, no, that's that's exactly where I went, was the ratchet cutscenes that tied into the film, and then you play the game to piece the bits together. This is what it felt like in reverse. Like, I won a Kenna, Kena film. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Like, by the time you finish off what you're doing with... Uh... 
Mm-hmm. It is Taro, right? Is the the boy I that has know. the two siblings? I'm like, please, please make this a movie, because this would be fantastic. Yeah, I love, I love the way that they've like, it gives you the story of like, it's quite a depressing story if you think about it. But like, they give it from different angles. So like, it starts off quite childish because you meet the the two twins that are looking for their brother, and then it's it's the master and then it's the lovers and then it's back to the master and you know it, it goes right through from that there's a lot more to this game than i thought it was gonna be is basically what i'm trying to say yeah props to them for making this kind of emotional like um when, when you first start you run into like the old master the the hunter the chief hunter i forget his name i'm sorry and you're just like, oh, okay, I know exactly what this is. It's like God of War. I got to get to the top of the mountain, kill the bad guy. There we go, we're done. And then you meet the little kids, and you're all like, okay, this is this is cute and adorable. And then you're like, oh, they're everybody's dead. Everybody. Um, let's let's get right to the silver bullet of this. Did this did this game hit you emotionally at all? I'm super curious. The twins with the brother thing, I think, was quite moving. Oh, oh! There was frog in the throat for yeah. Taro. Yeah, it it was it was rough. Um, Craig, I, well, I'm stereotypically as far as this podcast is concerned, the crying. <laughs> oh, That's Dave. Um, you know, like, but I I felt no emotion whatsoever going really? through this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really. Even for the that <laughs> the woodman. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm the one that's like, ah, kill the little sisters, who cares? And then, you know, Taro, I'm like trying my damnedest not to let a tear fall. Because, oh, yeah, it, it is it is rough on some of these. Like, um, I, well, my wife was playing Animal Crossing because that's what she does with every free moment of the damn day. Uh, and it's like, all right, don't, don't make a noise. Don't, don't sound like you're crying. Don't make a noise. Oh, God. Uh, it was, it was. Yeah, and there's there's stuff in my eye. Uh, yeah, it, it was it really surprised me on how well the emotionality hit in this. I mean, I, I guess once you realize everybody's already dead, spoilers. It's a proof. Um, that's well. a thing. It's not just <laughs> no. And yeah, like the, the poor lady on the tower, she just gets ripped up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how the game doesn't pull any punches and. I, I, I should have done research on this, but I don't know if this is linked to any kind of uh, specifically Balinese or Vietnamese folklore. I don't know. Uh, I know. I know. Like a, an old fable. Yeah, that, I'm not you know, sure. You need spirit guides. Be- I. Mm, sorry. No, nope, 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 go right ahead. Um, no, 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 just, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know if it does or not, but I always feel like the things that get me are it's oddly specific emotional things apart from the end of final fantasy 15 where i cried like an absolute baby no man makes us do that without tears um the (laughs) things that get me are always um family or or parental connections like i cried at the end of mitchell's versus the machines on netflix the other day (laughs) because the dad bonds with the daughter at the end and they have a moment and i'm like oh my god and they're like that gets me Every single, every single time that specific scenario or theming gets me. This just didn't, it didn't register on my radar as I didn't connect with it. It felt emotional, but I didn't connect with it. I felt, I felt that it was very well portrayed. 
Oh, and see the 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 moment where uh, Kingnap gets her her ass handed to her yeah, I was by Toshi. Say that, yeah. And then there's the little girl, Kana, and she's like, can you hold this stick until I find my dad? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. Like, like that was that was rough. Okay. okay, that bit I did feel a tinge. That was the one thing that I felt a tinge of gut. Um, seeing young, like, baby Kana, it was just... Even, even Toshi's scene where he, like, he takes on the mountain spirit, I thought it was... It wasn't like... A, upset emotional but you could you could almost like relate to how he was feeling which i think was great because considering the lack of character development it's not like yeah it's not like there's mad amounts of story building you could you could totally play through this game and not pick up on any of it it's just like little cut scenes and that it's all cgi it's not actual gameplay no i i think the way they portrayed like this is gonna get super nerdy i'm sorry uh, the the way they portrayed Toshi's like frustration that anybody who's religious feels with like the why won't you listen to me? I've done everything right. That is handled quite well. Like like you said, you understand the dude's frustration. And you're like, yeah, I'd tuck a spirit him too. But, why not? I mean, she summarizes it as well. She's like, you know, the world isn't just. You know, everyone has the right to grieve. It's just how you do it. And that that bit, I was like, "Wow, that's that's powerful." Um, especially when you think like his actions of turning those spears into his anger and malice turns the the mountain spirit into the rock. Like that, I yeah. I also think the the way that they handled the I guess you'd just call him the rot god. I, I'm not sure. It's a mountain spirit. The way yeah. they hand, yeah, mountain spirit, whatever. Um. We'll call him Steve. The way they handled Steve, I think, was really well done. Like, you don't know anything more than anybody else about that thing now. Like, even though you've had a connection to them the entire game through the little little guys, you're just as clueless about what the hell that thing's deal is as everybody else was. I thought uh, it was great that, you know, you didn't have a special connection and you got to talk to her. I was very glad they were just like, no, nah, some things you just don't understand. Yeah, Go for it. Yeah. Uh. It, it was almost like the, sorry, the biggest. No, oh, go ahead. No, on you. No, on you. Go. It, it was almost like the, the raw was like a childish spirit, you know, like it, it was innocent. But then the more you think about it, like the the rot was corrupt or the mountain spirit was corrupted by Adira's like push for industrialism. I, that's where I thought it was going. It was basically <clears throat> saying like humanity has gone too far down a right a line and there needs to be a balance between nature and humanity and this pushing it. Oh very ghibli, yeah. yeah. And that's why this has all happened. Um but at the same time the main bad guy isn't really a bad guy. He's just there to restore balance. Does that make sense? Goddamn Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> Click the fingers and it's gone. I am Iron Man. All that shit. Go ahead, Craig. <laughs> um, can't remember. Mm, no, actually I can remember the, the bit that got me and it was only slightly related about the raw and your feeling towards the raw as being like this t- childish play through, play, play thing type thing was when at the very end he just says you you don't you don't know them and then he does 
he doesn't snap his fingers, but he does snap it, and they all turn on you, and you get that one wee rot that's trying to cling on. Oh, I to know, right? You. The poor little guy. Oh, the first one. Yeah. And you, and then he floats off, and and his eyes turn, and you're just like, I, I. At that point, I just thought that's really well played. Oh, and and then you having to play through parts of that boss fight without the abilities you've relied on all game. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Um, It's the only only thing about that end, but, like, everything felt great. Apart from the fact that you're always fighting some variant of Groot, everything (laughs) felt great. I am Groot. (laughs) Until the very end is a very Nintendo boss. You know, you've got your, like area of effect rings spiraling out and you've got to jump specific ways and specific things oh uh, the way god oh sorry no on you go i was gonna say the whole game has that nintendo ethos of here's this little part you will do three things and then a boss and then you will go to Mm -hmm. the next part and do three things and a boss um they didn't do the and now go get the rest of the sages it was very well one two boss done yeah this is like this is what I messaged you, Dave. I was like, we we named that retro thing No More Sages off the back of Zelda when you have to... Twilight you, you, you Princess, think, man. You think you're at the end and then all of a sudden there's three more Sages and you've got to go and get those Sages and sort that out and there's three more things and that and it's all divided by three. That was the whole reason we named the, pod, the other side of the podcast that. But this felt to me like... You were already at the end. These were the last three sages. You'd, you'd done all the, the... You were just there doing a job. It didn't feel like there was a great deal of exposition or anything like that. Or there was a great deal of anything to do. It just felt so streamlined and beautiful to play through like a snippet of this story. I, I also want to um, kind of spotlight the fact that every time you're done in a region... You're either A, okay, I'm ready to put this behind you, or you kind of wish there was a little more. Like, I wanted to spend more time with the cool rock ox guy. He is pretty cool. Like, like there was a couple times where I was like, ah, I wish this was a little bit longer, but I, I think that's better than the, okay, we're about done in the ice zone kind of thing. The, th- the thing that pleasantly surprised me um, in, a, in a really big way, actually, was when things like the rock ox started materializing i was already drawing my arrow thinking <laughs> right i'm gonna have to shoot that thing in both of its eyes and then blah blah but it, it doesn't there was certain you got to a boss and it was a boss or you got to a boss part and it was a platforming puzzle or it was a technical puzzle or it was oh a, where you, you know, had like, to do uh that where the the I, I called it um well now i don't remember what the name of that the that boss is in Dark Souls. Never mind. The one that looks like a tree. And you gotta jump over the rings while you're also platforming. And you just have to shoot it once. Yeah, yeah. It just... The, the different way it attacked it. It was never always just shoot the glowing bits. And then shoot it in the head. It, it, there was always different variations of that. And I think it, it, it worked really super well. Um, A, a small complaint I also have is... And I realize this is a complaint I have in a lot of games. I think it's just because I'm a child. I would have liked more enemy variety. You did get tired of fighting the same enemies over and over again. Well, that's it is. It was Groot with glowing crystals out of different parts of their body. Sometimes they were on their back. Sometimes it was the knees. Sometimes it was like... Yeah, you've got like the little guys and then you have the witches and then you have the little bug. I don't know. You could have done more tree animals, I guess. Like why not a tree Mm -hmm. deer, tree snake, tree snail, whatever. I think 
scale-wise, though, it, it almost it almost works because you you don't want yeah, I was, I was to, every encounter to be different enemies. Because I mean, if you think about it, the game's only what like nine hours long, nine to ten hours long. Um, yeah, yeah, a couple more enemies maybe would have been good, but there was enough of a variety. Although it's it's nothing new. It's like you've got the one with the shield, you've got the one that flies, you've got the one that throws projectiles, you've got the one that's up in your face. Very, very standard Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying it. Um, I, this is a better Zelda than Zelda. This is a better Zelda than <laughs> yeah. Zelda. Yeah. I don't think it's better than Breath of the Wild, but everything else, sure. Um, okay, so um, I, I don't generally like to directly confront reviews, but I'm super curious because I after I finished it, I read some reviews on it. And one of the biggest complaints was you don't learn anything about Kana as, as a character. And this is ultimately forgettable. Does either of those bother you? Um, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I recognise that there's not a lot of character development. It's short and it's to the point. I think that works in its favour for me because you just go, you do the thing and then the thing's done. Um, I don't think it's forgettable in any way, shape or form. Like the the CGI cutscenes are so impactful. The The game itself cherry picks the best of a plethora of mechanics from different games like Zelda and different, different parts. And it puts it all together in such a way where you think this is only a 10 hour game, but it's the best of so many different bits of games. Like it really was hugely... I know it's January, the whatever, but I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, this could have been game of the year material." This is this is big. Yeah, I, I mean, on the point about not getting enough character development, it's a ten-hour game, and you're you're playing as a character that moves spirits from one world to the other, and you get loads of development on what that part of it is, and a little bit on the characters. I don't, in the overall arc of the story, I don't think you need to know much more about her. You find out a little bit about her, but the story isn't about her. It's about the world and what's happened to it and these people that need to be moved between the worlds. I kind of agree with you, Luke, 100%. I'm fine not knowing much about Kana. Like, we needed to know what we needed to know about her, but yeah, it wasn't about her. So, and as for for me... Really, it's... Go ahead. Really, it's kind of like, if you think about Farming Simulator 2019, really, you're a (laughs) farmer. But you don't really Why, need to know the, the background like of the farmer. I don't know. I don't know. Whereas, but, you know, like... I, I think when you have something like Euro Truck Simulator, <laughs> the intrinsic character storytelling that is told by the little tchotchkes on your dash says a lot about uh-huh. you as a character. So You I don't think... need to know a lot about the truck driver. You just drive the... You tr- are the, the truck The point driver. isn't the character development of the protagonist. I think the protag- could learn a few lessons from Euro Truck Simulator on character Fuck development sake. is what I'm saying. I know what I was saying. <laughs> it's not about that. No, 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 you're right. Like, like I guess the temptation to overindulge in a, no, 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 look, she's a girl, and then her dad died, but this is how her dad died, and now she's carrying this baggage. Like, the temptation to do that must have been overwhelming, right? Of like, no, we want you to love our character. I'm very glad they were just like, no, you know what you need to know. That's it. Uh, okay, so, final thoughts. Craig... Go. This is the best Nintendo game on PlayStation after Hat and Time. Um, it really, absolutely, and utterly blew me away. I went in with 
um, no to low expectations. I didn't do any reading. I had Dave's enthusiasm for this game, and even that was just a. I'm actually really ins- excited to play Kenna, and I was like, "All oh, right, okay, well, I probably should be excited to play it as well." The fact that I played it and then thought, "I'm waiting until tomorrow and I'm going to mainline this," it really, it screams amazing. I I just, I just wish. Well, no, I don't wish that it was longer. I just, I, f- I feel you like want I wish more? this. I want more. I want more from the studio. I want more like this. More examples of best practice. It's got the best kind of, you know, like inbuilt puzzles. It's got um, climbing that you could link to something like Uncharted, but instead of climbing for 40 hours across a boat, there's a few ledges painted white that you just jump about on. It's so, it's so slick and beautiful that it just it really shines and it's one of the best PS5 games I've played so far. I mean, it, it, it is an exclusive and it's not an exclusive because nope. PC makes that murky. So, yep. eh. But it, it's it's absolutely brilliant. I'm just, I'm so happy I played it and playing it after Streets of Rage, like, <laughs> honestly. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll go next. I, I think I'm in the same boat as Craig. I, I honestly came into this with low expectations. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, this looks really good, but it doesn't play very well. Um, I had read no reviews, no upfront knowledge of it at all, but yeah, pleasantly surprised. And I just think, um, I, I don't, for a, a, a group of 15 to make a game of this quality, wow. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. And hopefully they've, you know, they've made enough to cover themselves for this game and it gets enough exposure. Um, and if you haven't played it, it really, really, really is worth playing. Um, so thank you for the pick, Dave. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, no. Um, uh, just so you know, uh, they did say that this is technically a success. So I'm hoping that means they at least made their money back. And, you know, um, I think this game is kind of special for a bunch of reasons. Number one, like Craig said, this is like a Zelda game on PlayStation. And that's not Dark Siders. That's not Dark Siders. <laughs> Dark Siders is good, right? Dark Siders is it's okay. I don't think it stands up directly with the best Zelda can offer, right? Like like this I think stands up pretty close. Is it a better Zelda than Ratchet and Clank? I don't know. We'll have to wait for the crossover episode. Um I, I also really want to say how cool it is to get a story based on a culture that is not where we normally see video games based from like it's super unique in the fact that it's based on Balinese culture and the music we didn't talk about the music oh my gosh this music is fantastic that battle theme oh my gosh that is good oh it's good it's so good I got I I think Dave I've said to you but look I didn't tell you but I got for Christmas or just after Christmas this like super fancy Dolby Atmos set up and I swear to God, it's like playing this game was the first time I sat down and I was like, this is just, I'm so happy I went and got this set up. The sound and the music is just um, on yeah. fleek. Yeah, totally. It's weird you say that because like, I'm, I'm just listening through a crappy set of headphones, but like the, the, the PlayStation 5's sound system through headphones is great. So nowhere near on the same level as your Dolby set up, but yeah, totally with it. Yeah, I remember, like, I extended combat, so I'm like, but this song isn't over yet. <laughs> um, I, I think to come out relatively out of the blue 
with a character that now sits up there in my heart with like Amicia in terms of like, dude, I really like these new characters. These are great. I, I'm very, uh, a little sad I didn't play it last year because this would have been very clearly on a game of the year contender list, like hands down. Uh, I, there are small complaints that we all had, but I think they're small complaints that would be relatively easy to fix if they looked into like, hey, what are those three guys want us to change? I, on the whole, I would say this was a stellar first effort. And yeah, like Luke said, I am going to keeping my eye, going to be keeping whew, my eye on Ember Labs to see what they do next. Because this is stellar coming out of the gate. So don't believe the hype. Don't believe the non-hype. Try it for yourself. Um, if you do happen to play the PS4 version, I'd be curious to see what exactly is different about it. I would imagine it's just HDR stuff and quick loading stuff. Mm. Not sure. We already covered that. It's less Fidel. Oh, less Fidel. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. So if you spot too many Fidels, uh, let us know. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Uh, you can do that on thebiteffect.com where we have also a spot where you can suggest a game. Maybe you have a small game that nobody paid attention to. You're like, no, this is this is amazing. Uh, you can suggest that to us and we'll hit that as quick as we can. Barring suggestions, our next two games are what we oh. call a hundred oh. and a zero in the same month. Uh, Craig, what, what? Yes. Okay, just before we finish, A... PS4 is locked at 30 frames a second, which oh. made me remember, look, this is the first game that we've managed to nail Dave, who says 60 frames a second I can, is better. I can actually tell the difference between it, 60 and 30 in this. Yeah, sorry, people, the, um, there's, there's performance or, you know, graphic fidelity, and performance is 60 frames a second, variable resolution, fidelity is 4K with, uh, locked at 30 frames a second. And the more 4K fidels. Th and more Fidel's, the 4K 30 frames a second does not do the game justice in any way, no. shape, or form. Play it on performance. It's a gorgeous, silky, smooth amazingness. I, I wonder if that has to do with them being an animation studio first. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I... I, I uh, backstory, I can't generally tell what's 30 and what's 60. Like, in a first-person shooter, I can't tell. It's, it, it's, ment it's mental. I it's used, mental. I used to think <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> play control. I, play the PS5 control and flick between the two. It's the exact. Now this same is thing. just a dirty conspiracy to get me to play control again, and I'm not falling for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So next month, what we have are uh, a hero and a zero, and that is hopefully the hero will be John Woo Stranglehold because <laughs> nobody's mentioned that game in the last twelve years. <laughs> And then the zero will most likely be Deathloop. For no, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> if you have anything to say that is not Chow Yun Fat related, keep it to yourself. But if you have things you'd like to say about Chow Yun Fat, uh, you can do so on our website. Uh, we love reading all the contact we get. And we will catch you next time when. Craig. Luke. Do your best rot impersonation. Hello there. My name's Rot. Okay, then you're I'm so really, cute. I really want a worm's voice pack for the Rot. That would be great. <laughs> Alright, so thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time on Deathloop. Loop.
where we'll do it all over again. Whoop bam!